Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake BJ Shea is on assignment, maybe in a galaxy far, far away. And running the boards is Joey D's. Hi. Hi! On today's show, we will talk about a galaxy far, far away with the teaser trailer for Obi-Wan on Disney+. Plus. This is the... Wait. No, this is not the way. Uh. This is uh, this is something else entirely. Got it. Oh. We will also talk with Gareth von Kallenbach about an alien movie coming out and some more convention stuff. And, of course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknations.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. And yes, the big information, we're going to get right into this, was that just a few days ago, we got the first look at Lucasfilm's upcoming Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I mean, it's going to be about Darth Maul, we all know about, no, it's going to be about Obi-Wan Kenobi, and uh, really kind of dealing with the aftermath of Order 66 and his exile to Tatooine. The trailer is fairly short, it is 106 seconds. And it supplies more than enough information to set the stakes for the limited series. Again, a limited series kind of be something like the lines of like uh, Mando with like Loki, any of these Obi-Wan series that kind of like bridge a gap uh, in time. And this is definitely doing it for the galaxy far, far away. It opens with Obi-Wan on Tatooine, dejected after the fall of the Jedi Order and the rise of the Galactic Empire. The fight is done, he says in a voiceover, we lost. But a new hope does lie in the child of a man who was supposed to bring the balance of the Force, and Obi-Wan has been entrusted to watch over him. That boy, who do you think that might be? Is that Luke? It's Luke! Luke. Yep, and we even see a little, little Luke, which is kind of cute. Uh, I think, at least, I think it is uh, uh, actually. Luke I think there. you're right on that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, under the protective care of uh, Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen, and it does. It is set to take place ten years after the events of Revenge of the Sith, and this actually puts the series in a 19-year time frame between the original trilogy and the prequels. So, and it really hasn't been seen a lot on screen. So, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Something also that is very interesting is that they are hearkening back to some of the um, Star Wars, I believe it is Rebels, because we will, we see uh, a couple of baddies, uh, a female and a male, and the male looks like super like, I mean, like Sith, like very scary. We see some Darth, uh, some Darth, some Dar- uh, lightsabers, um, some red ones, and the one character is the Grand Inquisitor. And these are the ones that are sent to task to go and try to hunt down and find the Jedi that got away. More, most likely, you know, like Yoda and Obi-Wan, which, I mean, if you've seen the original movies, you kind of know how that all ends up like that. They live. Uh, yeah, until they don't. <laughs> so, and it was something that was really interesting, too, is even the Grand Inquisitor in the trailer saying, Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves the trail. The Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. Meaning he's got to go around and help people. So I imagine there's going to be some uh, some interesting uh, adventures that will be going on with this, or at least in the small limited series, showing off that, yeah, he was, in fact, not just hiding away in a hole. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do, um, how, do how they get someone like uh, Ewan McGregor, who is reprising his role as Obi-Wan, to get to the... Uh, the old man age that, uh, 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 oh God, what is his, I can't even remember the original uh, guy's name. 
It's mm. killing me. Oh, wait, Qui-Gon Jinn? No, no, oh. not Qui-Gon. The original Obi-Wan. Sir. Um, oh, the actor's name. Yeah. Something Doyle? Uh, not Doyle. Original actor. It's killing me. Why am I just losing his name? Alec Guinness. That one. My goodness. Just totally brain farted on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, just trying to get from there because I've heard rumors that maybe it would be a force side of things that gets him to that old age because we see that with the dark side. The dark side will cause you, if you're using a lot of it to uh, uh, be at the accelerated age, the, the grotesqueness of uh, uh, Emperor Palpatine, as we saw going through all of that. Um, so maybe it'll age him or maybe somehow this will just be him getting older because Luke wasn't that old when uh, New Hope started. I don't think so. So this feels like it would be kind of like a weird sort of age jump if it was like, oh, suddenly it looks like Alec Guinness did and it's only been five, ten years. Yeah. Yeah, I can get behind that. And uh, I'm really kind of excited just to see where this is going to be going. We'll see how uh, how interesting it really is at this point in time. Oh, Disney Plus keeps doing this to me, man. I <laughs> want to. I wasn't. I didn't hate any of the other series. Boba Fett was a little lackluster. Mandalorian for me has always been okay. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I they've just found this desert set that they have, and that's the only thing they can use. It's over and over and Every, over. Everything has been really surrounding Tatooine, which is. It's interesting in the aspect of when we saw something like the Clone Wars with the animated series and uh, with Rebels, they were planet hopping a lot. And you're right. This is all based on the Outer Rim, most specifically on Tatooine. And, yeah, it just might be, hey, we can just bang all of these out with all of these sets right now because it seems like they're doing a lot less of the green screen that was predominantly with uh, the prequel series. Yeah, exactly. This one definitely has the most appeal to me. It looks a little darker. Looks mm-hmm. like it's uh, a little bit more uh, uh, based in other worlds because we did see that cool kind of, I don't even know what you would call it, cyberpunk at this yeah. point yeah, right, right. kind of thing, which was kind of an homage to the uh, original series because they did that a lot. But, yeah, man, I don't know. It's like Ray Desert Scene. Boba Fett desert. You're right. Sea. Yeah, exactly. Mandalorian yeah. desert. Sea. I'm like, I get it, guys. The Jedi love the desert for whatever reason. <laughs> that's where they're born. I don't know, but it's. But I think that this has the most uh, ability to venture away from the normal story arc of we're gonna go guard someone for the next nine thousand years, which sounds weird because he's supposed to be guarding Luke. But I think <laughs> no, that's what I'm about to say. It's the, the basis of exactly what the Mandalorian was. But I'm hoping what happens <laughs> is he drops him off, and then the idea is that he has to leave the planet because he's getting hunted. Because there's mm-hmm. no reason they'd be hunting Luke because they don't know who he is. Yeah, exactly. So that's my hope is that he's gonna drop him off because that was the beginning trailer, and then he has to go to that other planet and then just not come back. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that too. Yeah. Because because he does have to hole up somewhere. Because uh, I swear to God, if, if, he, <laughs> if, if it's a, I can't leave Luke on the planet alone because I foresaw an image where he's going to get murdered by little people or that you know live on the planet. I would be like, I can't take it, guys. Just, just, you know what? I've never thought I'd say this, but can we have an original stupid story where like he just has a hero's journey and it's fine? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be also interesting too because returning to the role of uh, Vader will be Hayden Christensen. So he'll be, uh, uh, I mean, he wasn't Vader. He was Anakin for the movies, um, eventually, you know, turning into Vader. But I, they even used James Earl Jones at the very end for that no, no. line. <laughs> Which so, is hilarious. Yeah, uh, yeah hilariously bad. Yes. So we'll have to see where they're going with all along these lines. And, I mean, to be perfectly honest, though, a lot of these series have been, they haven't been necessarily home runs, but they've been good. 
And so it's leading towards that hopefully this will be just as good, hopefully better, because also the fact that Ewan McGregor is an amazing actor, and we'll kind of have to see where that goes. I know. He's, he's the one I've been most excited about, and, you know, he, in my opinion, was probably one of the better done Jedi in mm-hmm. terms of the arc, even though the first three movies weren't that well received. I think that the idea that they were going with was there. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, the yeah, writing probably didn't, didn't help didn't it. didn't stick the landing on it, but... But him and, and uh, Liam Neeson, man, they just, they were like, they're exactly what you want to follow with a Jedi, which is like good, but you, you can see where the lines kind of get blurred and yeah. they don't know where they can and can't break them and that, you know, they make mistakes. They're human as opposed to the... My name's Yoda. I, I know bad things are going to happen but for whatever but we're reason. We're just going to ride that way <laughs> to see what happens. I don't know. Like, where dude, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> you're literally a block away from the evil dude that's trying to murder everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let <We're> us neighbors. <laughs> Let us know what you think about it. Uh, we do need to move on because we got Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach with us from Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at SKNR.net. We really got to talk about this alien franchise. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And Gareth it's been some interesting news on the alien front. It is. And what is really great about this is that uh, there was all this speculation that when Disney acquired the 20th Century Fox properties, that this stuff wasn't going to happen. And there were people saying they were going to sell off this franchise and they were going to sell off Predator because they're not going to deal in R-rated films and or they would tone them down. And I said, well, you haven't been paying attention, as we've talked about many times. They have done R-rated content under various labels in the past. And I think the biggest sign was when they announced that there was a Predator movie in the works that is coming to the Hulu service. And then they, uh, you know, had that legal issue over, the, you know, maintaining the rights that they resolved to show that they were very much behind this. They had the big announcement of the Alien TV series from uh, Noah, the you know, creator of the Fargo TV series. That's in the works. We're hoping to see that in 2023. Everything was looking good. And then we get this bombshell that there's a new movie coming, which will come to Hulu. And as part of their plan is essentially they're going to aim for 10 movies a year on the Hulu service. And we talked recently about, you know, adult content or more mature going to Disney Plus behind an age gate. And this is seen as an extension of that. And what is really interesting about this one is the timing. Um, people may or may not know that there was a potential new alien film that had actually been greenlit, and it was behind the person who brought us films like Elysium, who brought us um, you know, District 9, that sort of thing. And a lot of people think when Chappie went under at the box office, it kind of killed that momentum. Some people say, well, Ridley Scott said no, his preference was to make Alien Covenant, and that put that under. And so regardless of that, that project went under, but we've seen lots of pictures and stuff online of concept art. Out of the blue, we're told Fede Alvarez uh, has got a new movie coming that is not related to the others in terms of don't expect any characters from the previous film. Mm -hmm. But apparently it's a fantastic take that he actually pitched years ago. And Ridley Scott, at the time, they couldn't make it happen. But apparently Ridley Scott called him up recently and said, "Uh, you still want to do that pitch? And I'll produce it. And we're all set and we're good to go at Hulu. And he immediately said, yep, I'm on board. 
damn, that's amazing. I just love the fact that everyone kind of just, you know, I mean, there have been stuff out there. We've had the RPG recently. There's been a lot of stuff still in the Alien universe, but it's ramping back up. Exactly. And what's really interesting is, you know, you have Alien Day coming up on 426, and some people thought, wow, this is rather an interesting time to do it now rather than then. And we've had some casting stuff, or not so much casting, but character details come out about the TV series. And what is so interesting about this is for all those people saying, oh, it's going to be woke, it's going to be this. Look at Fede Alvarez's background. This is the guy who was behind the recent theatrical, some call it a reboot, some call it an extension of Evil Dead. He was behind the two Don't Breathe films. He was also, while he didn't direct it, he produced and had a hand in the story of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre that was on Netflix. So the guy has got a solid base in horror. And none of his films have been peaching. So you kind of get an idea where he's going for. I mean, if you look at his uh, background, yeah, there's some gore, but the emphasis has been on suspense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm Evil Dead thing that when it came out, it was it was touted as the most use of blood in a uh, in a movie in recent years, and it really was. And I mean, it is is still what it is, and I think it was still very entertaining. And there've been a lot of mo- there's been more stuff that he's done since then, and I feel that that actually is a really good outlet, the Alien franchise for him. Exactly. And, you know, all these people who are, oh, why aren't they in theaters? Well, you have to look at the math. Prometheus did really well. Covenant did not. Not that it bombed, but it, you know, didn't make what they had hoped it would. And you have the problem, and we've talked about this many times, R-rated films are a challenge at the box office because they limit your potential audience. Mm -hmm. And I know there'll be teenagers out there saying, I can get into whatever I want. Well, that's beside the point. (laughs) I've long maintained, had they not put Covenant out, an R-rated film, in the middle of the summer against all those PG-13 films and put it out in September or when it had less competition, it might have done better at the box office. And then this whole thing right now would probably be a moot point because we'd be discussing the most recent film, which is likely the third in the Prometheus uh, prequel series. But the fact is, everybody I've talked to has said the advantage of putting it on Hulu is you don't have the um, you don't have the fight about money in terms of making back your investment. You can Mm -hmm. use the same budget that you would theatrically, but because of duplication, profit sharing, all of this, you don't have to make as much money. So therefore, you don't have to have that very awkward dance of, (laughs) well, PG-13 is the better financial option, but that's going to alienate the fans. But if we make it R-rated, how are we going to make back? You can pretty much do whatever you want by putting it on Hulu. You can make it, Mm -hmm. you know, borderline NC-17 if you want to, (laughs) because that's not there. You know, the whole, oh boy. And then, of course, you can still make your merchandise. You can still make your DVDs and that way. But interesting times, that's for sure. Absolutely. Really excited to see where that's going to come from. Now, moving away from that and going into the real world, conventions are coming back. A lot of them have come back from the online only, and there's no exception with stuff like D23, like WonderCon, Star Wars Celebration, and more. What do we got in the news front on that? 
Well, lots of stuff going on right now. The big news is that all three of the shows are ramping up um, tickets. Now, we'll, we'll start with D23 because that is the probably the most pressing. That's not happening until September 9th, but they've already sold out most of the shows. There are some select single days like Sunday. I've heard some people say they might uh, still have a few Friday shows uh, seats left, but like the three-day tickets the, um, uh, you know, big packages, that sort of thing, Saturday, those are all gone. And so that, you know, they may release some down the line, but that is a really big thing because, as you know, they go over and above in terms of rolling out the celebrities, rolling out the events. This is what's coming to TV. This is what's coming to movies. I mean, I still remember the last show where there's The Rock hanging from the side of a mock-up of one of the Jungle Cruise boats to promote the movie. (laughs) I remember the big, you know, showcase on the end of days where they showed all these things that were coming to the parks. They announced the name of the newest boat and then just completely blew everyone away um dick van dyke popped up on stage song and dance routine that brought the house down and you know i I remember robert downey jr getting an award and talking about getting uh thrown out of disneyland as a teen for smoking a little weed in the gondolas (laughs) i'm sure they love that you know there's something for everybody it's definitely a family-friendly thing but you know even seeing things like matt Groening talking about the Simpsons and how, you know, what the opportunities of being part of the Disney family will be and people asking him all the, you know, when are we going to see more Futurama? Are we going to see more Futurama? Which recently, yes, we are going to see more Futurama. Mm -hmm. It's just so many stars. And after the delay because of the pandemic, being able to have Disney sit down and say, this is what we've got coming in the next couple of years, not just on streaming, not just on um, theatrical, but now being able to potentially bring in the Fox stuff, I can tell you this, we're probably going to get a lot of stuff on Avatar. Oh, because yeah. the new film is coming this year. They've got four more movies coming. Everybody's wondering, you know, are we going to see anything about Star Wars? And, of course, that dovetails into Star Wars Celebration, which is, uh, you know, has been delayed. It's coming May 26th through 29th to Anaheim this year. And uh, they had a huge run on tickets before everything went crazy. They've announced that on the 15th, there's going to be a new batch of tickets released. So anybody who's hoping to get to that, you have a chance to jump in and get that. And that has always been huge because that has been where we've traditionally had the major announcements where we've seen the first look trailers for the movies, for the TV shows, um, where we get the news about uh, various things. And of course, with the, you know, a lot of speculation as to what's coming theatrically, that would be the place. You'll probably get a look at the upcoming seasons for the live action shows, the animated shows. So everyone's really thrilled about that. And of course, um, as you mentioned, the most recent thing coming up, would be WonderCon, which is uh, done by the folks who do San Diego Comic-Con. It's in Anaheim, and it's going to be taking place April 1st through 3rd, so that's coming up very soon. Uh, Tickets are on sale right now. They recently uh, released the press access for everybody, so we were able to jump in and, you know, get confirmed for that. And that is going to be a really interesting, they're keeping a lot of the protocols in place that you like they did with Comic-Con Special mm-hmm. Edition. You have to be masked. You have to show either a, um, a, a recent negative test or a um, proof of vaccine to attend. And 
they're you know looking at a lot of stuff and and of course the big question is while it doesn't have the massive rush of stars that comic-con traditionally does there are film and television studios in attendance i know traditionally amc has been a big attendee and they've always pushed things there are some new walking dead um, shows that have been announced coming up so it'll be really interesting to see which uh, studios are jumping back in is Warner Brother Animation, which has traditionally been a part of it. Are they going to come in? And so that's the big excitement right now. That is really awesome. Like just the fact that we're going to get all this news and a lot of things are going to drop. I mean, obviously, like you said, they're not going to have the big names, but we're going to get a lot of news when it comes from that. I think that's the most exciting part about that is uh, (laughs) the endless speculation at this point in time. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much uh, coming to keep an eye on. And then, you know, as we talked about off air, one of the great things, too, is, you know, a great sign of progress is just down the road at Knott's Berry Farm. We've always Mm -hmm. paired our WonderCon um, time with this where we'd cover the show and then in the afternoon to do that. But Knott's Berry Farm has got the Boysenberry Festival going on. Uh, That'll start up on March 18th and go through the 24th. Now, last year they had it, but there were no rides running. Subsequently, the rides have resumed. And for those who haven't gone, it's really a great event that you go into the park and of course, you have the rides. They have all these entertainments uh, for you know kids and adults, music. They have live shows. They have the crafts going on. But one of the enhancements to this is that people may or may not know that the park was founded around uh, Walter Knotts, who came up with the Boysenberry, had a farm, started it. Uh, they started, and the park built up around that for people who were waiting hours in line to get into the chicken restaurant. Well, what they do here is they have a ton of boysenberry flavored foods, drinks, desserts, and things like that. And there are actually some really good and creative uh, combinations. And, you know, people can go in, they can still eat the regular park food and stuff like that. But you can get a dining pass and essentially it gives you six tastes for $50. If you're an annual pass holder, you get five bucks off that. You can always buy more, but it allows you to go around and say, oh, you know, do I want this uh, dish here? Do I want dessert? Do I want a cocktail? Do I want this? And, uh, you know, take in things. And it's just it's a ton of fun. I mean, last year, even without the rides, we still had a good time because the food was you know, phenomenal. And it was just nice to be out and about in the sunshine. Right. And, uh, you know, even with the health and safety protocols, the vendors were there, there was entertainment. And uh, it's it's just, a, it's truly an event not to be missed. And it's certainly reasonable enough. You know, you can buy your tickets or you can get an annual pass, which is, uh, you know, truthfully, if you're going to go more than uh, twice in a year, that's the way to go. <laughs> and uh, it's just, it's just one of those nice to be seeing these things coming back and Mm -hmm. you know you compare to didn't have it two years ago last year it was back but with reduced admission no rides that sort of thing and now they're back to a much more traditional um show like they've used to um this is just good news all around. Well, and it's a good thing just in terms of thinking about people want to go out on trips again. And that's one of those things where, hey, here's a good way. Let Gareth help you plan your trip. Maybe you hit up Knott's Berry. Maybe hit WonderCon. Maybe you save it a little bit and go to some of these other conventions and check all that stuff out. Plenty of stuff to do nowadays, and that's kind of exciting just on that front. I know that if people cannot make it, you'll have plenty of pictures and information from all of these shows and more. People just got to go to SKN r.net or just search up skewed and reviewed and you can find all of that thank you so much gareth anytime take care 
Thank you so much, Gareth. And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? It's the season of horror. Yes. Horror. Horror movies. And I mean, usually you would think, and we've talked about this before, usually you think it would be October. Um, But uh, this is kind of the season where they dump horror movies that uh, didn't quite make the cut. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that really doesn't turn out to be an amazing thing. Which is interesting because a lot of the ones I'm looking at for this week are ones I I haven't heard anything about these movies. Usually you see advertisements, you hear them, you see an ad on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard anything about these, but so far they're not getting poorly reviewed. Reviewed. Oh, okay. Uh, granted, a lot of these only have a few reviews so far. Things can change. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first one being a movie called Gold. Uh, it's an action mystery thriller movie, and it stars Zac Efron in it. And there's not a very big cast. I think there's one, two, like six people totally. And one of them is Baby on Train. What? Mother on Train, <laughs> Outpost. I think this is like a very psychological thing. Okay, so yeah, small cast sort of oh, thing I on that. I thought the actor's name was Baby on I Train, saw, like I, a rapper. I thought that at first, and then I was like, okay, wait, no, I think I can suss out that no, it's no. actually the character of a baby on a, a train. little baby yes. here on train. So <laughs> this is, it says, it's an, in the non-too-distant future, two drifters, Zac Efron and Anthony Hayes, who I believe is also the director, yeah, director, screenwriter, producer, this is his baby. Oh, wow, okay. So it's these two. Uh, are traveling through the desert, stumble ac- across the biggest gold nugget they've ever ever found, ever. And the dream of immense wealth and greed take hold. They ha- hatch a plan to excavate their bounty with one man leaving to secure the nece- necessary tools. The other man remains and must endure harsh desert climates, climates, ravenous wild dogs, mysterious intruders while battling the sinking suspicion that he has been abandoned to his own fate. Ooh. So definitely. Yeah, that really sounds like uh, uh, almost it reminds me of that um, Ryan uh, Reynolds movie where he was buried alive and Mm -hmm. it was literally just him and a cell phone inside of the uh, coffin. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like it's going to be something like that, the solitary confinement sort of aspect of it. But I think, you know, going mad a little bit. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it's going to be him by himself for a majority. I think it's Zac Efron's character, if I had to guess which one it is. That's staying behind. That's interesting just in terms of I don't necessarily think Zac Efron as a uh, as a great actor. And it's not because it's just because I haven't really seen a whole lot of stuff I've seen him like that he's been in. And a lot of that's been like comedic things. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of one of those things. Oh, wow. Yeah, he looks real. Yeah, he looks tore up in this. Oh, no, he's going to become the Brad Pitt of our generation, man. The Brad Pitt. The guy. What do you mean with that? So He's gone from like that, like. Pretty attractive actor that got uh, one type of role. Well, uh-huh. he was the high school musical guy. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. he got into like the really attractive comedy guy. Yeah. And like Brad Pitt pretty much went straight action. But then all of a sudden he started doing these like pretty high end like acting acting chops movies. You know, oh. I think Troy and that kind of thing that kind of turned the corner. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying there on that. And I could see Zach Efron doing that. It's kind of like a Tom Cruise thing too, where at first it was like Tom blew up because he was just an incredible actor. But, you know, I think. You know, because Tom was a little shorter, you know, Zach's a little shorter, too. <laughs> well, and it, even, like, with Tom, Tom Cruise started off with, like, stuff like Risky Business yeah. or, like, Cocktail, which are not serious movies, and then moving into, like, in the 90s, definitely did stuff like uh, Born on the Fourth of July mm-hmm. and some other things like that. So I can see where you're going with that. It was a military lawyer movie Tom Cruise did. A uh, Few Good Men. That's mm-hmm. right. You can't handle the truth. That's right. That's the one where I'm like, okay, Tom. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm, like, looking, like, yeah, you're right. He's done, like, the Dirty Grandpas, the Neighbor movie, Baywatch and stuff, but he's also done The Greatest Show. Showman, which was supposed to be more cinematic, more pretty, love story, musical type 
Uh, he also did that TV series or that Netflix series where he was just kind of traveling around the world. Do you guys remember that one? No. Yeah, I think huh. it was on Netflix. And it was just basically like, hey, I f- the vibe I got was I did Baywatch and I'd never want to work out that hard again. Because it's <laughs> a ridiculous body standard, just like women oh, have. Oh, dude, yeah. He's like, I'm never going to, like, not that he's never going to be fit and attractive again, but he's like, I'm not going there. So I think he just basically traveled the world, did all these things and got quote unquote fat. Like Hollywood fat <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, quote unquote fat. Mm, um, get away from me. Right. Um, where he's just traveling and eating and having a good time. So I think he's he's becoming very down to earth vibes. Uh, it was called yeah, it was called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. <laughs> there you go. Good call. There you go. Yeah. Figured it out. Um, but it looked like it looked like it was really fun. So I feel like he knows how to be comedic, and I feel like. He was in this other one, like Charlie St. Cloud. I remember hearing about that and realizing I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to watch it either. My mom did. She bought it on DVD. She loved it so much. So I feel like he does have some acting chops, and we're about to see more and more of it. I do. I just started looking on IMDb, some other things he's doing. Mm-hmm. There's like a TV series called Killing Zac Efron that's been announced. He's going to be in the remake of Three Men and a Baby. What? They're he's remaking the, that? Yeah, he's the only one so far. Oh, God. Well, so, All right. Well. Like, I'm like, who else is going to be? Like, who else should be in this? Like, I'm thinking, let's do all Zachs, like Zach Afron, Zach Braff. That's all Zach the Zachs I know. Zach Snyder. Alphanakis. Zach Alphanakis, boom. There Directed we go. by Zach Snyder. Directed there by we go. God. No. There we go. No. <laughs> That's going to be a very dark movie. <laughs> no. He's going to be very stylized. Oh, but that actually is going to be call interesting. It Zach Attack. And there's also another <laughs> thing he's coming out with the greatest beer run ever. Oh, All right. That looks... All right. Maybe he'll just become Will Ferrell. Maybe I lied. Oh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> that, that, well, he, that movie end, is yeah. going to have Russell Crowe and Bill Murray in it, so I feel like he's probably going to do more of the funny stuff, but he will be able to do the... Yeah, we'll have to see where it goes with that. I'm very interested in all of that. Are there any other movies going on this week? Oh, uh, yes. I'm like exiting out of all the Zac Efron <laughs> pictures I've seen. Wow. <laughs> and like IMDb things. Uh, there's another one called Ultrasound. It's uh, got 82% with only 34 reviews. Technically, I think it came out last year, but it's kind of getting revisited. Oh, okay. I'm not right. Re- the only person I recognize from this cast is uh, somebody named Bob Stevenson, which he played like a side character in the show Orphan Black. He played one of the husbands. Okay. But it looks trippy. Uh IMDb is saying it's uh, after his car breaks down, Glenn spends one hell of an odd night with a married couple setting into motion a chain of events that alter their lives plus those of several random strangers. Looks just looking at the pictures, freaky deaky. This girl's got like all these <laughs> wires connected to her head and some weird study. She kind of looks like Dakota Fanning. It's not Dakota Fanning. Uh, side note, uh, gold so far has got 82 oh, percent Okay, uh, with 17 reviews. So like I said, some of these are getting pretty high review, 82% for that one. Another one, All My Friends Hate Me, which is supposed to be a comedy horror movie. It's hmm. got 23 reviews, 91%. It's uh, it's Pete's birthday, and the old gang from college are throwing him a party out in the country. And during what's meant to be a joyful weekend reunion, Pete finds himself increasingly unnerved by his friends' inside jokes and snarky comments. As the atmosphere goes from awkward to terrifying to downright surreal, Pete is pushed to the breaking point. Is he being paranoid, or is he the butt of some elaborate joke? Oh, geez. It's another one where I'm like, I don't recognize a lot of these actors. It might be more of a British thing. Hmm. Um, the Exorcism of God is another one. Like that, if you like those types of exorcism movies, I know our favorite, one of our favorite listeners, Caesar. He really loves a lot of those, the mm-hmm. possession type ones. He was all in on a lot of the uh, the Conjuring movies and all the spinoffs that they had with those. He was always sending me messages, dude. Have you seen this yet? And I was like, no, no. go ask Mickey. 
<laughs> There's only one movie I'm going to watch this weekend. What's that? Batman. No. Nice. Batman. You're going to watch Batman? Yeah. Nice. You'll have to see whether or not you agree or disagree with uh, Gareth's uh, review on that one. I'm mm. going to have to see. I'm going to enjoy it. I already know myself. Yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff out there going right now. If you don't want to hit all the horror, you can still watch The Batman. It's still going on. And uh, maybe at this point, uh, even for like someone like BJ's sake, maybe the Run P app is uh, ready and willing and uh, able to help you out uh, navigate that very, very long movie. Or just don't drink any fluids. Right. I need my bat fluids. Oh, okay. Oh, weird. Well, until next time, guys. <laughs> Stay nerdy. <laughs>